the following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, I have a perfect show for you today for the time of year that it is. I mean, it's, you know, it could be good at any time of year, but... Um, I think, you know, now that the holidays are sort of already upon us, Thanksgiving has passed and uh, Hanukkah and Christmas are soon to follow, um, it's been hard for a lot of people this year to get into the spirit of the holidays. There seems to be so much news that's oppressive and um, not very spiritual at all, actually. And so I thought um, what we could all use would be an antidote for these feelings of gloom and doom that might come when you um, start looking at all the headlines. So, um, today's show is called Inspirational Tales of Conscious Awakening. And my guest um, is Miriam Knight. She is the author of a new book called What Wags the World, Tales of Conscious Awakening. And these are stories um, that she has gathered of various people in various disciplines who are leaders and creators and um, uh, who have taken the path less traveled. Um, And it all relates back to an epiphany that they had, a time when they something touched them in their life, a mystical epiphany that gave them a feeling um, uh, of that they uh, should be involved in some kind of personal or global transformation. And I'm going to start. Welcome to the show, Miriam. Thank you very much, Carol. I'm going to start by mentioning and asking Miriam about her own um, conscious awakening because Miriam has an interesting uh, life story. Um, She uh, was a business executive, and in midlife, she shifted onto a spiritual path. And since then, she has um, her, all of her endeavors showcase people, books, and films that inspire personal and global transformation. She has published a holistic journal. She founded New Consciousness Review. She hosts an award-winning author interview show. And all of this is related to um, sh- highlighting people and, and therefore the concept of um, how important it is to for everyone to um, get in touch with uh, the spiritual side that then empowers them to make personal and global transformations. So, Miriam, <laughs> let's start with your uh, personal or and global transformation. What got you to give up the cushy life 
<laughs> I'm assuming it was cushy, of being a business executive to come and do all these airy-fairy things. <laughs> well, you know, um, they're saying that the paranormal is the new normal. Uh-huh. Um, when we, when I lived in England with my husband, we moved here about 14 years ago. But back in England, uh, we were both in the business world. My husband was a merchant banker and a lawyer, and um, I ran companies and stuff. And a very close friend of ours, who was a name at Lloyd's of London, killed himself very tragically. Hmm. And um, afterwards, started talking to Jeffrey. Apparently, he really... Um, Jeffrey being your husband. My husband. Uh-huh. He, he really wanted to get a message to his son to, to apologize for having done this deed. And... Um, wait a minute, he, wait a minute. I'm losing you. Wait, Jeffrey is your husband. Jeffrey is my husband. He started having dreams about our friend shortly after he killed himself. Okay. And in the dreams, this friend was trying to get a message to the friend's son or to your husband's friend's son. Okay. Go ahead. And um, this seems to have kind of blown Jeffrey's psyche open, and he started seeing things about people, uh, kind of having this deep knowing of of their past, their their future. Uh, In fact, uh, a, a close friend of his... Uh, well, medium friend, um, he saw him at a crossroads between the hospital and the cemetery. And he understood intuitively that this guy was very ill and had to go see a doctor immediately. Mm. Um, he managed to convey that to him to the extent that he went to the doctor the next day. And they found that three coronary arteries were totally blocked and one was partially blocked. And he would have been dead in a few days. Hmm. So he had the bypass operations, and he was fine, and he's been dining out on the story ever since. Hmm. Um, now, if this had happened to someone else, you know, I would have thought, okay, that person is going around the bend. But yes. since it was so close and personal, and I knew that he was other, my husband was otherwise perfectly normal, it really got our attention. And so we started reading everything we could about um, communication from beyond and past lives and and channeling. And suddenly, um, the, the, the big questions of life started making much more sense to us. You know, when, when it happens to you, you, uh, once you get past the am I going crazy stage, which most people seem to go through, um, you see it as a big gift, and you realize that there are much more important things in life than the, the sort of rat race pursuits that we've, and, and materialistic pursuits that we all have been involved in. And uh-huh. So that's what set us going. And what's interesting is you said your, your husband at the time was working for Lloyds of London, not a very... I mean, that would sort of be the antithesis of someone who would believe in these kinds of things. My husband was actually working for a merchant bank. It was oh, our sorry. friend who killed himself who was working oh, for Oh, right, Marshall. yes, okay. Uh, well, he, a merchant bank, same, working for, same but thing. Was a name. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of not a, a very, uh, I no, mean, sort of a... absolutely. A very and today, conservative he is kind a hypnotherapist. Of, 
And when? He became a hypnotherapist. Huh. I became an energy healer. Okay. And when we moved, we we visited a friend here in Portland, Oregon, and discovered uh, why Portland is famous for being weird. Yeah. And um, we just fell in love with the place and the people and decided to move here. And why is Portland famous for being weird? It's a very... um, independent thinking place. Oregonians mm-hmm. walk their own path. Mm-hmm. And um, the alternative healing, spirituality is very much at home here. It's a live and let live kind of place. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so that was, I mean, that's like a huge, so was that the epiphany that this friend who died, or did you personally have something else that happened to you, or that was you sort of shared that epiphany? Well, um, I had had experiences um, up until then that were outside of the normal, but you kind of file them away because they don't fit into your paradigm of what is really... Um, reality. So, for example, um, uh, before I met my husband, I had been divorced, and I was at a pretty low point in my life. And I was just kind of sitting in a darkened room, feeling that um, I really, really was miserable, and I didn't know where to go from here. And suddenly I saw a little white piece of paper on the floor. And mm-hmm. keep in mind that this was in London. And the the paper was actually the business card of my former father-in-law who had died years before. There was no way that that card could have found its way to a friend's house in London. Mm. Where you were sitting. Where I was sitting. And... Um, I, I just had this feeling that I was um, I was not alone, you know, that he was watching over me. Hmm. And then, you know, I kind of filed that away. I had another experience where I was walking down the street, also in London, and I saw somebody walking towards me from the other direction on the sidewalk. And he was twisting his head in the weirdest way, and it was like he was struggling with some invisible something. And as he got abreast of me, um, he was probably about three feet away from me. On this, It was a wide pavement. I, I was looking at him, and I had a blow on the head hmm. from some invisible force. It was, and I got the message, mind your own business. Hmm. So, you know, these are the little things that you tuck away because you don't know what to make of them. But when you start paying attention and you add these things up and you start reading and learning, you begin to realize that there are dimensions that we're not aware of yet exist alongside us that are very, very real. Yes, yes, and it is so true that, I mean, that, I guess, is the key and one of the purposes of your writing this book, to get people to 
um, pay more attention to these little experiences, not to think that they're going crazy, but to realize that the universe is trying to contact them for some particular reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when, when we talk of conscious awakening, it covers a ra- wide range of things that we can discuss right after the break. And this is the perfect time to take a break because in the next segment we will discuss them. My guest um, is Miriam Knight. Her new book is called What Wags the World. I love the title, What Wags the World, Tales of Conscious Awakening. So when we come back, we'll hear more about what conscious awakening is and some other examples of, uh, of people that this has happened to and what came after that. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back. We're talking about inspirational tales of conscious awakening. My guest is Miriam Knight. Her book is What Wags the World, Tales of Conscious Awakening. I know I promised that we would she would define what conscious awakening is when we get back, but... Before before she does that, um, during the break, I was asking Miriam if her if she was still married to Jeffrey, her husband, with whom this all started, um, because I was concerned that since this was such a shakeup, you know, such a transformation um, for them both to go through, I wondered if they both if the marriage survived, and and happily <laughs> it did. Um, and, and she then went on to start telling me the story, which I wanted her to save to tell all of you as well. So, so why don't you take it from there? Sure. And actually, your question was a perfectly relevant question because a lot of people who have had these psychic um, awakenings, the partner, you know, could not accept it. It was just um, too weird for them, and so their marriages did break up. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, in my case, uh, Jeffrey had been meeting with this group of psychics um, in our home, and I was the tea lady, um, you know, just kind of listening in. 
And one of them said, you know, of course, you're a psychic as well, and you will have an opening within a few weeks. And I thought that was rather interesting because um, I had no inkling that I was psychic. And they they said that your modality will be automatic writing. Hmm. Now, this is an interesting point because everyone has intuitive abilities, And we all process information in different ways. Some of us are auditory, some are visual, some are more kinesthetic. In my my case, I am kinesthetic, and so my modality became automatic writing. My husband was kind of visual and auditory, and so he actually had clairvoyance. You know, he could see um, his friend at a crossroads. Mm -hmm. And, And... and, uh, and he could hear um, our friend who killed himself trying to communicate with him. So it's really a question of being open to um, messages, you know, to communication, allowing it. And then there are techniques that you can learn that will develop your psychic abilities. In my case, I had just read a book by Ruth Montgomery who was an intuitive who actually was a journalist on the Washington Post for many years. She was a world-class journalist, and she developed the skill of automatic writing. And so I followed um, the prescription on how she started it, Mm. which was just meditating at the same time every day and sitting with a pencil and paper and waiting for something to happen. Mm. And when you allow the messages to come through, they will come through. And I find automatic writing a fantastically useful tool. Yes. I mean, I think um, I uh, sometimes feel that way myself, where I'll start typing something and and uh, uh, all of a sudden, you know, it comes to mind a, a different word. Like it feels like some, some word has been downloaded or some concept has been downloaded. Um, and so I don't question it. And I, Yeah, that is better. Um, but but is I want you to talk about um, how you then did discover that you did, in fact, like the psychic said, have psychic ability. I mean, was it this automatic writing, and how did it come about that you discovered it? It was indeed this automatic writing, and I simply applied myself. I meditated at the same time every day. I sat with pencil and paper, and at first just kind of little loops came out on the paper, then words, then sentences, and then a full-blown dialogue. And so I find it very useful now. You know, the, the more you do it, the clearer the connection becomes. And well, did you so, find that you started writing things that then were um, predictive of something? Or was it, you know, like your husband had seen or heard this, um, he, he was worried about his other friend, uh, dying. I mean, was it something like that where you, or what came, what came out when you finally sat down? It was responses to questions that I had about how the world worked. Mm. And then, you know, questions I had about things in my life. And we were going through some, some financial difficulties at the time. And I was reassured that we would be protected. And every time that we came down to the wire, somehow the universe stepped in and something happened that enabled us to 
to carry on. So um, I, I think the, the most um, supportive thing uh, or aspect of this is this deep knowing that you have that you are loved and you are protected, you are in touch. Now, it, it also gave me insights as to how the universe worked um, that I could not have gotten, you know, just from my rational mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would, I would go back and read what I had written, and I thought, wow, I didn't write that. Mm-hmm. Somebody else was writing mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, so why, now why don't you tell us, give us a definition of conscious awakening? Um, a definition is a hard, a hard <laughs> word to use. Okay, an explanation. There is no single definition. Mm-hmm. I guess the closest I could come is um, having this ability to connect to the source of creation. Um, in or having this knowing that we are part of of source, mm-hmm. um, Neil Donald Walsh has just come out um, with a book uh, about uh, uh, messages from God. You have got me all wrong. <laughs> I think that's a great tagline. Mm-hmm. And. What Neil says in his book, uh, which is channeled, I mean, channeling is, is a form of communication with source. Uh-huh. And what he, the way he describes it, which I think is so cool, is that we are individuations of the universal mind. We hmm. are small aspects or sparks of God, you know. So when people say that you're part of God, it's not a kind of a grand self-aggrandizing notion. Mm-hmm. It's simply a description that we are continuous with the field of universal intelligence of consciousness. What Irvin Laszlo calls the Akashic field. What Deepak Chopra calls the field of infinite possibility. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, different people awaken in different ways to different, from different uh, methods of instigation. So a lot of people will have had a near-death experience. That yes, really I was actually in the, the people you, you have. You talk about thirty-seven um, leaders in your book and their um, conscious awakening and, and what happened. Mm-hmm. And one of them was um, Anita. I was maybe that's what you were thinking of, or who you were thinking of. Although perhaps there are more than one. Um, Anita Morjani. Mm-hmm. Was that what you were thinking of? Dying uh, she to be she me. was the the upper minded, <clears throat> but there were there were several dramatic near death experiences there. Uh huh. And um, when she went into um, hospital in a coma in stage four cancer, and managed uh, to heal herself from lymphoma that was so advanced that her lymph nodes had broken through the skin and would have needed plastic surgery mm. 
by any normal uh, standard to close up. Her body managed to close them up on her own. She was clear of lymphatic cancer within days. She, she went across uh, to the other side, the tunnel of light, you know, the many, mm-hmm. the many um, common aspects of near-death experiences. Yes. And the perception that she had so strongly was that we are infinitely powerful beings and that our essence is love and that if we love ourselves enough... We have, we, co- we have the knowing, the ability to be and do anything that we tr- truly, at our cellular level, believe. Mm-hmm. And she came back into consciousness because she had the sense that she needed to convey this message to mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, other ways of awakening are, um, I don't know, Frank DeMarco. Um, Frank was a, uh, the publisher and, and co-founder of Hampton Roads Publishing. Uh-huh. And he, he was very ill. He had um, arthritis that was so painful, he, was, he, couldn't, he could hardly move. He was watching television. He was watching a Shirley MacLaine special. And when that two-hour show finished, he, was, he had no pain. Hmm. Wow, just from watching the show? Just from watching the show. And this, this so intrigued him that he started reading and studying, and he ended up going to the Monroe Institute and learning about um, conscious journeying, out-of-body journeying. Another person who... Well, was that... Uh, excuse me, was that, um, when that happened, um, did, is that what made him start Hampton Roads? Because Hampton Roads is uh, a spiritual publisher. It is. Yeah. And so is that, was that with the, yeah, the beginning of Hampton Roads? He hmm. was a journalist at the time. Hmm. And he wrote, he wrote a, an, a, an article about this experience and about the Shirley MacLaine show. And he suddenly found himself the darling of the New Age set, huh. which was the, the last thing that he had wanted <laughs> to be or anticipated being. <laughs> so that started him on the path. Hmm. Um, somebody like Foster Gamble. Foster Gamble was an, one of the heirs to the Procter & Gamble family. And fortune, and he became the sort of white sheep of the family. <laughs> when when he was, uh, I think, about twelve or fourteen years old, he was riding in a school bus and looked out the window and had this vision of the cosmos, and he had this vision of a toroid, uh, a kind of a donut-shaped energy flowing um, geometry that he knew at the very depth of his being was the secret of how the universe works. Hmm. Well, all all of this is is really amazing. Um, We unfortunately need to take another break, but we will be back. My guest is Miriam Knight. 
Her book is What Wags the World, Tales of Conscious Awakening, and by now I think you're all getting a sense of what this conscious awakening is, and you'll um, begin to, to start, th- start thinking about things in your own life that might have been these um, attempts of the universe to touch you. We will be back after this break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Hi, I'm Sam Nussbaum, WellPoint's Chief Medical Officer. We proudly support the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together to provide children with a healthier start in life. Visit marchofdimes.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about inspirational tales of conscious awakening with my guest, Miriam Knight. She's the author of What Wags the World, Tales of Conscious Awakening. And... Um, you know, I, I was just mentioning to Miriam during the break how how much harder it is these days um, for people to push away all the clutter, uh, the doom and gloom and clutter of um, of the world, whether it's you know bad headlines or materialism or um, you know just things that have have kind of the humans have kind of uh, invented or caused to happen that really take us away from our um, deeper purposes. And um, so I know that there probably are some of you out there thinking, oh, you know, this is all very interesting, but um, like how do we know that these things that Miriam is talking about are really spiritual or really the universe trying to get in touch with us? Um, you know, there, there's so much, unfortunately, there's so much um, cynicism that is growing in the world. Cynicism is a direct a barrier to getting in touch with things that the universe is trying to get you in touch with. So go for it, Miriam. <laughs> 
you know, uh, some some of the people that I've interviewed over the years, um, many of them are in the book, uh, many of them are not in the book, um, but they would be by any yardstick of modern civilization, people who have had it made. Hmm. I mean, people like Tom Shadiak, the, the film producer of Tom Carey's movies. Um, people like Adam Hall, who was a um, real estate uh, mogul. Um, people like um, Howard Falco, who was in, in the financial world. You know, they had the designer family, the the the, the luxurious house, the, the uh, holidays wherever they wanted, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And yet, they were not happy in themselves. They came to the point of asking themselves, what is it all for? There has to be some deeper meaning in life. If I have everything that I'm supposed to have, why am I not happy? Mm-hmm. And when they went on their kind of internal spirit quest, uh, in, in some cases they went on an external spirit quest to some Native American you know, uh, sweat lodge or, or vision quest, um, or, or just meditated or had a visitation, um, they realized that to be truly happy, you need to be doing good in the world. You need to be in service to a greater good. And they changed their lives. And they started on a path of giving back, of starting foundations. In the case of Foster Gamble, he started something called the Thrive Foundation, and he he actually um, uh, funded and starred in a movie called Thrive, which looked at the foundation of the universe as being consciousness. Other people in the book, like... Uh, you mentioned Larry Dossey. Larry Dossey was a senior physician, and he started having some precognitive dreams. Now, when you're a physician, you are science-based, you know, evidential medicine, evidence-based mm-hmm. medicine. Evidence-based medicine, yeah. And suddenly to know that something is, go- uh, is going to happen and then have it happen exactly as you saw it, that kind of shakes you up. And he had three of these dreams within a few weeks. And um, he started looking for what he has called the non-local mind. Hmm. He, he kind of co- coined the term. And, and looking at the... Um, the science that supported this possibility and uh, going in as a scientist studying quantum physics and the understanding that uh, particles can behave as waves or as particles depending on the observer, the interaction between the material world and the consciousness of the observer. Mm. So our consciousness actually works upon the um, the 
raw material of physical reality mm-hmm. and makes it coalesce into what we observe and what we experience in our lives. I mean, mm-hmm. we've all heard about the law of attraction mm-hmm. and how we manifest in our lives that which we envision strongly and believe strongly. The, the, the bad news is that if we believe negative things about ourselves, if we believe negative things about the world around us, that is what we will experience in our lives. So be really, really careful mm-hmm. how you, you know, about your self-talk, yeah. about your, your um, understandings of who you are. You are creator beings. You are sparks of the divine. And you have the ability to create your own reality, and you will create it in the form that you believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, can you give us an example of one of these um, precognitive dreams that he had that did come true? Sure. Um, he saw um, the son of his colleague. Um, somehow he saw him screaming and struggling um, in, in some kind of, of examination uh, room uh, and he, he would then was having lunch the next day with this, um, this child's father, and his wife came into the lunchroom with their son, um, you know, plastered with sweat and red in the face, hmm. and they had tried to uh, do an MRI of the child, and he was screaming and terrified. And Larry had seen this happen in Hmm. his dream the night before. Hmm. Now, this was, um, he was, was he already working in the area of um, spirituality and medicine, or no, was this one of the no, things? No, it was the farthest thing from his mind. Hmm. So this, these dreams, this is what turned his career to focus on that. This is what opened questions in his mind, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being the scientist he was, he decided to explore how could this happen. Hmm. Bernie Siegel, who is another medical doctor, mm-hmm. um, very well known, also had um, weird experiences. In his case, there was this kind of um, medieval rabbi who was appearing kind of behind him, beside him, whispering into his ear. And um, he started looking at the nature of reality, the nature of art in which we express our kind of inner feelings. And he he was a great pioneer in using um, art uh, with uh, uh, people who are are very ill to express their innermost feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, Tim Van Lommel, a cardiologist, uh, who uh, was disco- discovered that there was a common story that people who had had severe heart attacks were coming up with 
about what they saw while they were supposedly flatlined having a heart attack. Uh-huh. And what they saw was things going on in the operating theater that they couldn't have seen because they were unconscious. So this, this all creates a, a, a mosaic picture of the nature of consciousness as being outside of what we consider our brains. You know, it doesn't just, it's not just a chemical reaction among the neurons in our brain. Consciousness is something that exists in a field outside of us. Um, I, how are you getting to that? What do you mean by outside of us? Well, when Anita Morjani was in her coma, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, another, another uh, guy who has really made headlines recently is, is Eben Alexander, the neurosurgeon from Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, who was in a coma and flatlined for uh, six days, I think. Mm. And while he was in his coma, um, he had this experience of the afterlife and and of someone who was um, his guide, a beautiful young woman who... Um, no wonder it took him six days to come back. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Well, the beautiful young woman was someone that he, you know, didn't recognize. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he came back from his coma, where all of the medical colleagues said he could not have, you know, he was, he was to all intents and purposes, totally brain dead. Mm-hmm. He had um, a, uh, an infection of the brain caused by uh, E. coli, mm. which, you know, just totally... Uh, totally flatlined it. He only mm-hmm. had the, the minimal brain stem function. Mm-hmm. And he could not, through um, normal medical understanding of the, the, the function of the brain, he could not have um, regained function. They, the doctors had told his wife that he would be a vegetable. Okay, I guess we have to leave this on a, on a cliffhanger. When we come back, we'll find <laughs> out what happened and how he apparently survived. We um, are talking today about inspirational tales of conscious awakening. My guest is Miriam Knight. Her book is What Wags the World, Tales of Conscious Awakening. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the Terrorism Hotline. 
And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about inspirational tales of conscious awakening. You know, you might think that it's the Twilight Zone, except for the fact (laughs) that these are all you know, leaders in their field uh, who Miriam Knight, my guest, is talking about. And, um, uh, you know, they're still, <laughs> they're still considered sane. So, um, so, so um, these things are really true and they are happening in your own life if you can only pay more attention to these things that seem bizarre. Now, we were talking before the break um, about this one leader who was in, um, in a coma. Tell us how that ended. Um, I, I that just was like to point out that he was also on the cover of Time magazine. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, Eben Alexander woke up from the coma, and I won't go into any more detail, except I mentioned this beautiful girl that he had seen while he was in the coma. Well, um, he had been adopted, and he had found... Um, after he woke up, his adoptive family, huh. um, and uh, they had sent him a picture of a woman who had been his sister, but who died, um, and, and Alexander had never met her. And that was the young woman that he had seen wow. in his coma state. Wow. Now, so so how, did, how did his... It was his... Uh, did you say it was his biological family that biological got biological sister? Yeah, um, and they got in touch with him because they knew that he was no, in. He got in touch with them. Oh, he uh, found them after because, this experience. Yeah, just be, no. He got in touch with them just because he had wanted to find his biological family. Right, but I mean, but that was after this experience of being in the coma. It was actually kind of before and. After, before and after. So he got in but, touch with them before, but they hadn't shown him the picture of this woman until after. That's right. Yes. Oh, well, and, they hadn't gotten in, in contact with him until after, I think. Oh, I see. I think I that's see. the way it worked. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, getting back to... So, in other words, uh, this was someone who actually was in, on the other side, in this other world that he was um, journeying acting, through yes, temporarily. Acting as his guide. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, talking about uh, people with uh, authority, um, Suzanne Giesman, a commander in the U.S. Navy on the staff at the Pentagon, um, her, her stepdaughter died, and she and her husband consulted a medium who told them things that she could not possibly have known. So Suzanne started looking into this and writing a story, a journalistic story, after she left the the military uh, as a journalist, writing about mediumship. 
um, attended a class and suddenly found herself being a medium herself. Mm. She had opened herself to the possibility of channeling these communications from the other side. Mm. And what this tells us is that death is not the end of life. It is only a transition. And when we understand, you know, there are so many stories here who, who, that, that reinforce this notion that we are immortal beings having a human experience in order to learn and grow. And when we understand this, we can live our lives differently. We can appreciate the great um, power that we have to create goodness in our lives and that we are, we are protected. If we only open and ask for help, help will be given. People, people, some of the people in the book had come to the dark night of the soul. They didn't know where else to turn. And they got the answer. Neil Donald Walsh is one of these. He was homeless. And it was only when he finally surrendered um, to, to spirit and said, you know, I can't do this alone anymore. Help me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. funnily enough, the, what you think of as being kind of spiritual and woo-woo actually reinforces the notion of a loving creator, if you want to call it God or spirit, or wakantanka, or whatever you, you know, in, in your uh, language, you want to relate to it. We are loved, we are part of something eternal, and we are um, connected to each other. When, when you understand this connection to each other, the whole premise for religious wars just uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, the more people would understand all of that, the more, the less frantic I think we would be to be gathering all these things, you know, these things that, um, like you were talking about, that we think are supposed to be making us happy, the perfect family, house, car, um, and everything, job, um, and everything else. Um, it wouldn't, there wouldn't be that uh, frenzy you know, that desperation to, uh, and the hope that these things are going to make us whole, if we knew we were already whole. And the other thing I think about is the, the prayer of St. Francis. You know, when we're feeling um, alone, if we know that we are loved and, and, and cared for, just try and give that love to others, mm-hmm. and you will feel so much better, particularly at this time of year. And it doesn't have to be, you know, just shelling out money. It can be volunteering. It can just be smiling at a stranger or, or, or a homeless person. Um, you know, uh, gestures, just that, that giving of love is what will enrich you more than anything else. Yes, absolutely. Um... I know. It's, well, so this is what, of course, you're hoping will happen with this book. I'm hoping this book will give a context to people who have had their own experiences and give them somehow permission to open up and explore their own intuition. That's our internal guidance system. Trust your gut. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. And, and you know, just 
be joyful. We, we have the most beautiful planet to play in and look at what we're doing to it. Yes. Protect it. Protect each other. Be kind. These are all messages. I asked everyone in the book the same three questions. Yes. You know, what was the experience that you had that changed your view of the nature of reality? Uh-huh. How did, what was the insight that you got about it, and how did that change your life? And what is your message to the reader? Yes. And so many times the bottom line is be kind to others. Hmm. Love yourself. We are love. Hmm. <sighs> yes. You know, it's, um, it's, it's become so difficult to do that. It's so sad. Um, you know, I mean, are the, the people who, um, I mean, you know, like in Los Angeles, I don't know if you, if it, you heard about it in the news um, where you are, but like, for example, this is just an example. Yesterday, um, there was a rapper and his girlfriend, dancer, girlfriend, who um, were involved in a murder-suicide. He killed her, presumably because he thought she was being unfaithful to him. Um, they were married uh, and breaking up over a period of time. I mean, just as an example, you know, not only, of course, is that not an expression of love between the two of them, but when people hear this, I mean, you're bombarded every day with all of these kinds of things that um, that really are making people cynical. And so we have to remind ourselves every day that, yes, there are these, you know, the horror, the bad news, things that if it, if it bleeds, it leads. Um, but, but, you know, we can be stronger than that or we can be more centered than that. And this really isn't, we don't have to be driven by all of these horrible things that we hear about every day. And, and we uh, can turn off to not the news. Be driven by it. And we can, we can turn off the radio. Yeah, we except can put on some music. Shows, right? <laughs> <laughs> one way to not be driven by it also is to read more about this, to read Miriam Knight's book. Again, it's called What Wags the World, Tales of Conscious Awakening. And you can go to her website, um, which is ncreview.com. That stands for New Consciousness Review. Dot com. N is in Nancy, C, well, N is in new, C is in consciousness, uh, review.com. So, M- Miriam, thank you so much for sharing this story. And obviously, you know, you're not just writing about something that, that you don't know. You changed your whole life because of this, and, and apparently you are very happy for having done so. Absolutely. Well, thank Richer you. Richer in every way, but materially. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and not, and not missing that because of everything that you're doing for everyone else and yourselves. I'm sure, as you were saying, your marriage has even flourished because of this, because of sharing this. Absolutely. Well, thank you for, for sharing it with my listeners, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 